Good morning. You ever been standing in the grocery store and uh, a lot of the lines are full? But you see all of a sudden a line that's moving quicker than another line. And you go, oh, that line's moving really quick. Actually, Pastor Mark's very good at identifying that. <laughs> but you see this line that's moving quicker, and what you do is you get in that line because you realize even if some lines appear shorter, this one's moving. Anyone recognize that? Been there? Well, guess what? In the spirit, it's the same thing. There's actually an ability to see a line that's moving and get into it. That's actually a skill. And so, like 30 seconds ago, this is what popped in my head, because 30 seconds ago, we actually got in one of those lines. All of a sudden, something started to move. Where a few minutes before that, it wasn't really moving. And so what is that? What is actually going on there? Is it because we're really smart? That we have this incredible knowledge and wisdom? Or is it because the Holy Spirit in us is now connecting with something in heaven? See, I think it's the latter. I think there's actually more to this than we even really know. Is that we all have a spirit and that spirit wants to be connected with God 24-7. That's all it wants. And so there's a part of us that actually wants to be connected to God 24-7. All the time. And sometimes what happens is um, the other part of us, <laughs> the flesh part of us, starts to rule. We allow it to rule a little bit. And so we stand there in the grocery store with all the lines full and nothing's moving. What's going on? I wish they had more cashiers here. I wish they had this. I wish. And we start to blame and accuse the establishment for not doing it the way that makes me feel the best. Well, in the kingdom of God, that's the battle. Do I let my flesh rule me? and start to blame and accuse and point fingers when it doesn't seem like things are moving? Or do I let that inner part of me, the spirit part of me, actually really connect with heaven? And that's the battle that goes on here all the time. That's the battle that goes on every day. That's the battle that goes on when you wake up in the morning and there's fog filling your mind, like, ah, Oh, I, don't, I have no idea what weighs up and what weighs down. It feels like I'm being hit on every side. It feels like I'm being squashed into a little box. Well, that's the other part. What we want to do is allow our spirits to connect with heaven. That's what we want to do. And he's like, wow, that sounds really easy. Yes and no. <laughs> but the first step is this. Is allowing yourself to become abandoned, allowing yourself to actually kind of let loose a little bit and let something deep inside of you start to come out, whatever that sounds like, kind of like this. The Lord has privileged me, thankfully, with being able to see when the river starts to open, to feel when that starts to move. And I'm saying your spirit inside of you has the same privilege. So why don't we stand to our feet right now? I know right now it's like, well, I'm kind of disengaged with this. Hold on a sec. And just allow your spirit to now be caught up into a sound. Any sound will do. He just did it. Carson just did it. I just watched you and it just happened. You just released a little bit, and I felt it. So whatever you just did there, do that. <laughs> Again. God, okay, let's now pray, and what's going to happen is the worship team is going to help us get there. It's very practical, but this is a, a critical step into actually hearing from heaven. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for the wind to blow that the updrafts 
that eagles would find. There's something in an eagle in a, in a bird of prey that soars and they can feel and they can sense when an updraft from the earth is coming. And they can ride those things in circles without even flapping. It almost looks effortless. So God, right now, I'm asking for your wind to come and fill the sails. To come and fill the wings of the eagles in this place. If you need to close your eyes and allow yourself to be caught up, do that right now. We worship you, Father. God in heaven, we declare your greatness. We say there is none like you in all the earth. God of heaven, wrapped in glory, clothed in splendor, let your light shine into the earth. God, I'm asking for the grace and the mercy that would allow us as humans with your spirit to connect to something real this morning. I declare over this place today that we would be able to test something new, that there would be a part of us that would step out into something new this morning. To whomsoever will, that means whoever would like to test drive this car can test drive it. I'm asking for the faith to increase this morning. Okay, let's hold on a sec. So you realize that something happens. And you can, I mean, I remember being, you know, a number of years ago. Maybe this is an emotional response I'm having. Maybe this is just something I'm just mimicking off someone else. Well, how does a child learn? How does a kid learn? They learn by imitation. They learn by mimicking. And so right now, if that's what you feel, just get into it. Just step into it, just like a child would learn to walk. Later on, later down the road, we can deal with the other stuff. Doesn't, don't worry about that. The first step is, let's try to walk. Let's try to step into something. And for some of those that you can walk, and some of those that know how to run, this is where we help people learn to walk and learn to run. And so together, as one body, we're helping each other all the time. Either by teaching or by being taught. So that's what we're going to try to do this morning. Stay as one unit. Stay as one family. Stay as one body. And try to learn to navigate in the Spirit. Amen? Let's worship Him. Just do the things that we were doing in the first five minutes and see where you go. Jackie has a picture of, of the Father's heart. I want you to hear this. I was seeing a child in the kitchen, and, and they were at the counter, and their, their eye level was just, just below the countertop, so they stood on, their, stood on their toes and stretched their neck to see over the countertop. And this compelled the Father to come over and say, do you want to see up there? But he, it wouldn't happen if he hadn't have been stretching. Is there something in you that's going to stretch? Stand on your toes and say, I want to see what's up there. That's what compels the Father's heart. That's what compelled the Father to say, you want to see up there? So he lifted him up on the counter, giving him a whole new perspective. Then he was seeing things from the countertop and not from below. But he had a whole new perspective, countertop experience. And if that child had gone into the other room and played and didn't even bother to see, to stretch, there was a wanting in the child that the father responded to. He was not constrained. He was not compelled to lift that child up till he saw the wanting in that child's heart to want to see, I want to see, I want to see. And I believe from, from that experience, the, the child, oh, he just always wants up on the counter. <laughs> he just always wants up on the counter. It's, that's just what he is. <laughs> and the father has no problem with you sitting on the countertop. <laughs> Amen. You catch that first part? 
about stretching. You know, sometimes in our church culture, we just try to make things less awkward for everyone. I'm going to tell you so you don't feel have to feel awkward. You don't have to feel stretched. Well, <laughs> the picture that she had explains that why that we have to why we have to stretch, why we have to reach for something. Because the Father is waiting to see that. He's waiting to see who will stretch out. I was watching uh, little Benjamin here. No idea what's going on. Yet something's going on. I want to stand there with my mom. See, that's the heart that the Lord is looking for. And sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it feels weird, especially as an adult. I'm stretching, I'm like trying to do this and it just doesn't feel right. The Lord sees the stretch. He sees when you're on your tippy toes looking at the countertop. And his heart is to lift you up there. That's his heart. And if you doubt that heart, then you can't really get on the countertop. Step one is realizing that the Father has a heart to lift you up there. Right? You know that? If you struggle with that, hear me right now. The Lord wants to pull you up on that place. He really does. His love is, un, is it's not in question here. What is in question is are we willing to stretch ourselves? That's the only question. Because I know that he loves me, I can stretch. I can reach for something higher than myself. So that picture is beautiful. Because it shows exactly what the, the posture of us should be and what the posture of the Father is. The thing is that the, the, the heart of God is so much to have us that he will have that stretching. He will, he, he will see that stretching in you or he will cause it. And he can use some things that in our natural lives are not very pleasant in order to, in order to produce in us that surging for God. And uh, in Alberta right now, there's lots of opportunity for God to use things to stretch us because the economy is not great. And God will use these things. But I think the, teach, the, the Scripture is teaching that if we will find in our spirit something that calls out for God, something that desires God, something that naturally stretches out for God, if we will find that in us and stretch out, we can avoid to a large extent those difficulties that God would have to bring into our lives in order to cause that in us. And so we want to. We, we want to stretch out. We want to give ourselves to God. We want to move towards God because he will have you for himself. And if you won't move towards him, he will cause things in your life to take place that will pull you towards him. So I'll just repeat that, that you can avoid to a large extent those natural difficulties if you, by your own will, through your own spirit, will call out and stretch out and move out towards God. So we say, Lord, that we are a people that stretch out for God. We say, Lord, that we are a people that desire God. We are a people that see the wisdom of it. We see the calling of Scripture to it. We see the calling of our leaders. We see the calling of the history. And we say, Lord, we will stretch out for you. We will stretch out for you. We will call out to you. We will desire you. We will move towards you, Lord. I can feel the pulling a little bit more from the people. Keep pulling. Keep trying to see on the counter just for a few more minutes. Let the winds blow. Let the winds of healing blow. The sound of healing in the air. The sound of redemption. The sound of love. Let the wind blow high in the mountains and down to the valleys. Let them carry the fragrance of heaven. Let your wind blow.
what if there was a new weapon that pushed an army over the top of being of supremacy when we think in the natural we think of inventions like that like the crossbow or gunpowder or nuclear energy but in the spirit see the natural reflects the spirit it's never a perfect reflection but in the spirit there is things that overcome other things And in this day, the Lord is going to reveal a weapon like we've never wielded before. We've talked about it. We've danced around it. We've sang about it. But there is a true love that casts out fear. And I'm saying that there's a manifestation of that in this day. It's actually going to increase. And you'll see technologies in the world increase. You'll see new power sources and new ways of storing data and things like that. And there'll be reflections of something that's going on in the spirit. But what's going on in the spirit is more real. And where a few were able to wield that power in the past, God is saying, I want to pour this out on a generation. Back in the day, it was only the rich and the select that could own a cell phone. But now everybody has cell phones, maybe even two or three. And I'm saying the same increase is about to take place in the body of Christ. Why? Why is it happening? Because Jesus prayed something in John 17. And it's, it's multifaceted. It's talking about us being one with the Father and us being one with those around us. See, we, use, we try to, to strip off one side for the other, but I'm seeing now that the Lord is saying, as one, as one, as one, this will come. We, can't, we can no longer just take one and leave the other. There has to be a collecting, a collective of the full armor of God. You can't just wear the belt and not the breastplate. So why is this happening now? Why is this taking place in this day? I'm telling you, Jesus' return is drawing closer day by day by day. And he will not come for a bride that is disunified. And we think about sin and we think about the things that, that spot and blemish our, our, our wedding dress. But really, what God is really concerned with is, is my bride one? Are they whole? Is it complete? That's what he's concerned with. And so he will not come back for a disjointed bride. He will not come back for a disunified body. He will come back for something complete and whole because that's what he deserves. And so God in this day has to come back again and again to his heart saying, what is my heart? My heart is that none should perish. When Abraham sat on the, on the cliff overlooking Sodom and Gomorrah, God was revealing something to him and he said, he said, God, would you save this if there was 10 people? Or, and he worked his way down. And God said, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to save that place because of the righteousness there. See, his heart is something that we really need to grab hold of. But we are dancing around the outskirts of it. Our natural mindset would say, well, then we just need to do this more, this more, this more, and build some kind of structure or program around that idea. But I'm saying this, is that God is, first of all, interested in your heart. Number one, he's interested in your heart. Where is that? Where is it right now? Is it longing to see him? Is it longing to stretch up and look what's on the counter? And then when we get to that point, he's longing for a corporate expression. He's longing for a body as one. So all those individual hearts, like everybody in this room right now, if we were all to reach for the counter at the same time, what would happen? What would he do? You see, because there's people right now that have been lifted on the countertop individually this morning, and I've watched it happen. And that's amazing. That's awesome. But a greater fulfillment of God's heart would be him lifting up an entire body of people onto the countertop. Do you get that? 
You hearing what I'm saying? Because this, this is from directly from the heart of God. He is more interested with a collective group of people reaching up and being lifted up at the same time. It's great that we have individual encounters and we need those things. We need to have those times. We need to be, be lost in prayer and lost in worship. And we need those personal encounters. But God's heart is even deeper than that. He desires that a complete body would be joined together and be lifted up at the same time. He longs for it. It's in his heart. It pains his heart. Every time someone gets left behind. Now I want to say something very important because this is where we get lost sometimes. God will do things with just a remnant. He's so concerned about his glory in the earth that he will just choose a remnant at times. And I want to be in that remnant if that's what it is. However, his heart is that all would be brought into this. His heart is that all would be brought in. And so what we have here this morning is an opportunity to see where our hearts are. Was I able to actually enter into this? Was I able to give my heart the way he's given his to me? And was I able to actually collectively believe together we need to go there? Or am I concerned with just myself? See, there's different levels. <laughs> there's different levels of where we are in the Spirit. Where we are with identifying with the Father's heart. Now, don't get offended about the levels because that's just the natural part of things. The same way I wouldn't expect my eight-year-old to drive, drive the kids to school. That's how it works. But the Father's heart is longing for something deeper. He's longing for a greater expression. He's longing for something that is much larger. Let it hit you. See, we, we, try, we try to just make everyone feel good and comfortable. But being comfortable doesn't get us to do anything. Being comfortable doesn't actually get us to move. We had an opportunity a, a year or two ago to actually do something and open something up in the spirit. And we let that slide. And I'm talking about our nation. And so what God has to do, he has to come and shake things because clearly these people won't move out of their comfort. I must shake them to get them to move. Is that a judgment? Yes, it is. Does it make me question if he loves me or not? No, it doesn't. What it does, though, is re make me realize that I better take this more seriously. I better actually take this to the level that he's taking this. And I'll tell you right now, there's nobody in this room that is on the same level of intensity that God is about this issue. About the unity of the body of Christ. About the joining together. And this doesn't just mean, and I can hear it right now, when I get into the stream, I can hear the lies of the enemy. The lie of the enemy is, is that we're all the same and we're all equal. That is untrue. That is not true. That is not how this works. God has placed authority in the earth. If we were all equal, then we would just do whatever the world does. But there is something higher, there is something greater that he wants us to step into. In the same way, there's old and young. Yes, we can learn from the young, but really our job is to teach the young. Yes, our job is to lead the young. The young must have to learn how to follow. What has released me in my calling even a little bit has been learning to follow. There's been nothing else that's done it. Not how much I've read, not how much I've watched videos, not how much I've, I've talked about things, but just learning to follow. And God's heart is saying to the earth right now, who is willing to follow me? Because I want to lift a collective group up on the countertop. I want to lift up a body. I want to lift and exalt a people in the earth. 
His heart is for this. His heart is that we would collectively reach for that place. The question of if he loves me, the question of, of am I worthy enough, that's all the enemy trying to keep you from stretching out. That's what it is. It's a lie. <laughs> he says, draw near me and I will draw near to you. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not height nor depth. You remember that verse? Why do we go somewhere else? There was a prophetic word that was released about the cave dwellers coming out into the open. And I had no idea about that word, but I actually spoke that on, I think it was Wednesday. I just want to say in this day that God is going to pull you out of where you've been hidden. There's a group. Actually, there's two parts to this. The first group needs to be removed from the cave. Remit needs to be removed from being hidden. And for so long, you've kind of slinked back in the, in the shadows because you're believing a lie, actually. You're believing that you're not worthy and you're not, you haven't been called. And I just want to say, come out of the cave. Come out in the midst of the light. Where is the light? It's in the midst of the people. The midst of the people is the brightest place because they see who you really are. And so you have to be in the midst of that. So I call you out into that existence. And then there's a secondary part, and it's for less people, but you need to hear this too. Is that God is actually going to hide you for a season. Why? Because he's teaching you about humility. He's teaching you about, about his character in a deeper way. And it isn't a punishment. It isn't something that, that is bad. It's actually very, very good. Because when you come out the other end, when he, when he, when he takes the cloak off once again, you're going to shine even brighter than you did before. So be thankful for both things. Both are scary. Both are awkward. Both feel, oh, this is weird. I don't like this. But I'm saying right now that the Lord has you in his hand. Di had a word before about about God's hand and your head resting in it, being a bondservant. And what it actually meant was that you laid your hand, your head in your master's hand as a symbol of submission. And you think, well, that's what a dog does. <laughs> oh, God. But there's something about this that God is going in deeper. He's trying to pull something from us. Unity is one of those words that we dance around. Wouldn't it be great the day that we get unified with the church down the street? I don't know if that's necessarily what it's talking about. If it is, well, the first step is right here in this house. Can you look around and actually let their light shine on you? When you look in the face of the people, can you look them in the eye and let their light shine in you? <laughs> That's a real test. And you know the ones that you can't look in their eye. See, that's what God is right now putting his finger on. And there's people in this place, uh, myself included, that it's harder to look in some eyes than others. And that's something that happens. But I think God wants to deal with that. I think God wants to remove that string, that cord that would tie us to the earth. It doesn't mean that we're going to be best friends with everybody, but it does mean that there's nothing in me that the enemy can manipulate. When, when Jesus was on the earth, it said, the God of this age, the prince of the world, has found nothing in him. Meaning that Jesus could look at anybody's eyes. It didn't matter. He could be exactly himself, and his light would shine, and, there, and it wouldn't darken he wouldn't hide it. God, I pray that your heart would consume our hearts. That the fire that burns in you, the fire that burns deep inside of you, would be what burns deep inside of us.
that your truth would come and supersede and squash our opinion. That your love and your all-encompassing grasp would become ours as well. That the heart of the Son the eyes and the ears and the hands and the feet of Jesus would become ours. Born again into something greater. Born again into something more lasting. Something more effective. Holy. Nope, stay here. If I could speak in any language in heaven or on earth but didn't love others, I would only be making meaningless noise like a loud gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I knew all the mysteries of the future and knew everything about everything but didn't love others, what good would I be? If I had the gift of faith so that I could speak to a mountain and make it move without love, I would be no good to anybody. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. And if I didn't love others, I would be of no value whatsoever. And this part, he's not speaking to married people. This gets quoted at every single wedding, but he's not speaking to married people. He's speaking to everybody. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wrong. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever, but prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will all disappear. Now we know only a little, and even the gift of prophecy reveals little, but when the end comes, these special gifts will disappear. Love is patient and kind. That's how God feels about every single one of us. And the thing is, you cannot give what you have not received. And as we've been talking about stretching, there's some people that have been thinking, I don't deserve to stretch. But God wants to show you his love because he wants you to stretch. cannot give what you have not received. Um, and if we can't get this right in here, then there's no point leaving the building. If we can't love each other, there's no point in going into our communities. Because how we treat each other is the biggest witness to our community. It's no accident these people are up here. Because every single week I get the honor to see the love radiating from these kids. I get to see the love radiating from the leaders and the people that are praying for our church. And I just feel like there's some people here that are in a dry spell or there's some people that how you're treating people even in, the, in our body needs to change the the sarcasm the the talking behind the backs we need an in new filling of love we need God to fill us with love first of all so if that's you there are a group up here that would love to pray for you
Let's just hold for a second there. I'm praying the Spirit for a minute because I'm actually feeling um, it's time to actually start breaking some of these bondages. Number one is how do we look at our leaders? How do we look at the ones that we are supposed to follow? Are we submitted to the ones that we need to follow? Are we complaining about them? And this even goes to the government. This even this goes on all level of authority right now. There's something in our hearts that says, I will buck against that authority. I will not bow to that authority. But I'm telling you, the first thing that needs to break is how we position and posture ourselves towards the authority God has placed on the earth. Does Ken irk you, irk you or does Paul irk you, or do I irk you? If there is something there, that needs to be the first thing we come after. Because from there, any, nothing else can break. If you do not break that level inside of us, we do not break that, nothing will change. So God, right now, we come and we repent for where we've accused the authority that you've set before us. We repent now and we say that the authority that you have placed is from above. God has chosen them. It doesn't matter how qualified they are. It doesn't matter how many years they went to school. God has placed them in a position, and we must submit to that. God, forgive us. We repent now. We repent as a body, and we say, we will follow. We will follow. We will follow. This goes, this goes to the young people. And the young people, you need to hear this. Your parents have been placed by God to rule you. Your parents have been placed by God to lead you. And I say the word rule and lead on purpose. Because if you don't come under subjection to their rulership, it will damage your future. And I'll tell you this. It will damage your children. Because what you will bring into them is the same thing you bred. Children, obey your parents and it will go well for you. You need to understand something. Is that your parents have been there before? Yeah, it's a little different today, sure. But the heart is never changed. The heart stays there. The heart uh, is the real issue. And so your parents have gone through it. So young people right now, if you live under your parents' roof, obey them. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Obey them. And let this break in you now. Because what's rising up in your generation, and I'm talking to anyone about, you know, 25 and younger. What's rising up in your generation is sheer rebellion. Rebellion as witchcraft. It is an outright smack in the face to all authority. To all absolute. And I'm telling you. If you don't obey your parents now, you will just do the same thing. Oh. I wish, I wish I had listened to my parents. I wish I submitted to them. Because it took me so long to break through that. It wasn't even until about seven or eight years ago. When I finally was standing around the back one day, and Pastor Mark was up here doing a similar thing. And I stood there and I said, maybe he sees something I don't. Maybe he's seeing something more than me. Because that's the real issue. We think, oh, they don't know more than me. My parents are dumb. God needs to break that in us. Now that is very true. And parents, we have a God-given responsibility to, to rule by God. But the real issue right now is at hand is that children do not obey their parents. They do not obey them. And there has to be subjection. And I know this is rubbing against things that this whole idea of friendship parenting has to die. Because I'll tell you right now, 
Parents, you must lead your children into where they want to go. If you do not lead them, they will go their own way. They will be their own ruler. The scripture says, there's a prophecy in the scripture that says, if parents don't take up their authority, the children will rule over them. And that's what's happening. Young college kids, thinking they have it all figured out, are taking the reins of education and government in our land. And it's happening all over the world. If we get enough people from college that we're all enlightened and stuff because one professor told me I was, then we can change everything. What has to happen, parents, is we need to rule. If you have a problem with that, you can come talk to me after. But I'm saying... God ruled. Jesus was in perfect submission to the Father. Well, that's because God is perfect. (laughs) It's not the real issue. The real issue is, can I come under authority? Can I come under it? Next level, of course, is peer-to-peer. God wants... The offenses to be stopped. You know, for years and years, offenses have come time and time again through us, through all of us. God wants to shatter this thing. And I'll tell you right now that in this body, it feels the best that it's ever felt since I've been here. But He's even gonna dig deeper. Any little offense. Well, I don't like that song that Ken sang. I tell you, it's division. It's division. Lord, forgive us. Lord, forgive us. We want to be bearers of your heart. We want to have your heart. We want to have your heart. I want to have your heart. The heart of the Father. God, I'm asking right now. I'm asking that your heart would come and consume us. That it would come and shake us wherever we have leaned on these lies. Wherever we've leaned on these cords and just tried to bury them. God, I'm asking that your heart would come and reveal these things that would pull us out of the cave, that would bring us humility, that would bring us under authority, that would cause us to stand up and take authority. God, I'm asking for your heart in these things. We cannot do this without what your heart looks like, with what it is, what's making it beat right now. That's what we want our sound and our rhythm to be, the sound of the Father's heart. God, we can't do anything else until we get that. We cannot. Now, over this last weekend, uh, no, two weeks ago, the women were away and uh, encountered God. And so I want a few of them. Dias has, uh, you probably have all prepared, but I want them to come and you guys can sit down for a bit. We'll get, we'll do some prayer stuff after. But I want the women to come and, and reveal this heart that they touched on the weekend Um, I just feel like there's a ministry of the Lord right here I feel like this last couple weeks the Lord told me why um, when you say about being full hearted and whole hearted like even this morning how do we wholly fully give ourselves and when our hearts aren't whole how do we be whole hearted when all this came today, and Jesse said, this is the call, some of us go, okay, too much, or whatever we do, because our hearts aren't whole, so how do we wholly, what do we even do with that? I just know I can't do that. Well, I'm just a loser again. Well, I failed again. Another Sunday to feel bad about myself. No. Jesus came that you might be whole Jesus said, as people came, I recognize my own 
frail, falling apart mess that I am. But because of that, I come to him. And sometimes I have four people carry me into him. And sometimes I just come crawling. Sometimes I just cry out to him and I say, please make me whole. And he always says yes. He always says yes. He always says yes. Always. 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 I just speak that. In the, if you, do you want to be whole today? Will you stand up if you want to be whole today? If you know, like, I can't do this stuff. I can't do all the things that are being called. I just speak to you. You standing and moving from where you were up to rising says, oh, you are whole. You are whole. You are actually able to walk this out. I give you the power. I give you the authority. Not me, die. God is saying to you, Jesus did it again and again and again and again and again. You might be crippled in your emotions. You might be blind so you can't even see. Even this morning, as soon as Jesse said obey, you went, ugh, I can't hear that. Your ears might be deaf, whatever. But you come and say, I don't know what to do, God, but my eyes are on you, and you make me whole. So receive his wholeness right now. Receive the power to walk out everything, to walk out everything he commands you to do. He's not saying, obey me without my power. Obey me. See how you do with that. Go ahead. Give it a shot. I'm ready to condemn you as soon as you don't get it. Oh, no, that is not our God. That is not our... You guys are like... Well, die, I already know that. Like, obviously, the word says that. I'm like, but there's something we're kicking through today of that, whew, that thing over our heads of what we really believe. And God says, you are made whole. Let his wind just blow over you, blow over your mind, blow over your heart. Blow over your spirit. You're like, what's she even doing? Why is she blowing in the mic? I don't know why, but God just says, I'm blowing. I'm blowing my life over you. I'm giving you the power to actually walk this thing out. I give you all that you need. Every good and perfect gift from me. Just whoosh. Oh, I just feel it lots over that area. Oh, he's just like, whoo, pouring, pouring, pouring. Oh, all through the room. Unbelief where I don't even get the word. I don't even understand the Bible. What do you mean? What even is this? I don't, I don't like to pray. I don't like to read the word, but I feel bad that I don't. Wash him, watch him come in and make you whole. All of a sudden, the delight of Jesse's word comes into the room. Going, shoot, I, I want to do this. All of a sudden, you see, like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to walk. I want to walk with the wind of the Spirit. I want this. I want this because he has done it all. Jesus has done it all. Jesus has done it all. He's done it all. Whoosh, whoosh. He just waves over you. He just waves over you. It's waves, 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 waves of grace and mercy and power and power to walk this thing out. Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. And I am not going against what the word that was spoken. I am just saying, whoosh, ha, whoosh, ha. He is everything. I can do nothing without him. But with him, I can do all things. With him, I can do all things. So I just speak the power and the grace of God in this house to respond to his powerful word, to respond to his commands. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Yes, Yes, I want to. I want to. Desire is rising in me right now. I want to do it. I want to do what you want. I want to do. Even Jesus, who could have just done whatever he wanted to do, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. 
That's my food. That's my nourishment. That's my, that's my sustenance. That's everything I need. My food is to do your will, to speak your heart, to obey your commands, and man, life is good. Oh, it lines right up. Oh, you can sit down if you want, but I just, I just bless you. I bless you to obey the word of God. I bless you to love the word of God. I don't love the word of God a lot of times. I don't love it. I don't run to it. I don't. And then today, I'm like, grace, God, to run to you. Grace to run to you. Help me to want you. Help me to need you. Help me to recognize what I need. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. I see even the tongues of fire coming over you even now. I just see the tongues of fire coming over you now. The power, the power, the power to actually function, to the power to obey his word. It just stirs. It just stirs over you. He is real. God is real. He is real. And he is here. And he says, oh, and so in, in light of this, I just lay my head right into his hands. Would you do that? Just in your own heart. Just lay your head right into his hands and say, have your way with me, oh my God. You are my Lord. You are my king. You are my defender. You are my provider. You are all that I need. And I lay my head, my reasoning, everything that I think is right to do, I just lay into your hands and say, God, I am submitted to your heart. Have your way with me. Have your way with us. Oh, and the next time the invitation to jump onto the counter, yes, I'm up. And I don't even waste a breath. I just come up because I know He's made a way for us. It's just true. It's just, it's just so awesome. So God, we say we delight to do your will. I say that by faith because half an hour I might be not so delighted, but right now I say I delight to do your will, oh God. I delight in it. And I just, whoo. Gordon is so patient and yet, he is so persistent. <laughs> and I love that. I have no idea what he's going to say, but I'm sure it's awesome. So here we go. I just wanted to say that, that um, uh, just as encouragement, I had walled myself off against God's love for a lot of years, like most of my life, actually. And then all of a sudden, I had that little bit of revelation and I started to declare that I received God's love. And I would say, God, I receive your love. I have no idea what that even looks like, but I receive your love. And I used to declare it, and I used to declare it, and I'd feel like such a hypocrite. But you know what? I wasn't being a hypocrite. I was declaring a truth that was deeper than my experience. So when you're struggling with something, declare what God said. It's deeper than your experience. That's okay. You declare the truth, and then the walls come down. And one day the walls came down. So I just say, I just encourage you, do not disqualify yourself because you feel, don't feel like what Guy's talking about. That means you're qualified. That means you can declare the truth that you're not yet experiencing. Just keep declaring it and declaring it because it's true. And then you will experience it. So good. That was worth the wait. Nicely done. Oh. Is that so good? Oh. I think sometimes we do feel like, like when different leaders are up here speaking, they're speaking from like they just never struggle. And, and yet as in this house, we try to be as real as possible that this... We're all just walking it through, and uh, I just, that was really good, Gordon. Oh, he's a good guy. I like that guy. I actually want Joan just to share, because I feel like this, um, this amazing lady, how long have you been going to this little church? About a year and a half now. 
<gasps> Don't you feel like she's been here forever? Not really like forever in a bad way, but it really, because I feel like she's just become so much a part of the family, right? And so uh, she had just some, such good things happen to you at retreat, just in your perspective and even what you saw over us. So go ahead. Okay. One thing that really struck me at the retreat was that it was incredibly unified. Everybody was willing to be vulnerable. Um, there was no judgment. You just did what you felt the Spirit lead you to do. And I really felt that um, I could talk to pretty much anybody there and know I was safe. And I've been, in my adult life, I've probably been to over a dozen different churches that we're calling home. And um, maybe one or two people at the very most that I would feel safe with in the whole body. And to feel that way that I could sit and go and talk to just any woman that was there at the retreat and know that I was safe and I wouldn't be judged and I wouldn't be gossiped about, that's huge. And it just shows to me the work that God is doing, the unity of the spirit that he is building here is mind-blowing. <laughs> so keep it up, gals <laughs> and guys. <laughs> God's working. Isn't that amazing? Like, to me, oh... Honestly, those are the signs and wonders that, that just amaze my heart, that you can actually look. And women, it hasn't always been this way. And uh, I, I just, I was so thrilled for what God is leading us into because of that. I feel like he actually, I think of the prayer that Jesus, Jesus prayed a ton of prayers. He prayed without ceasing. He was always praying, but very few prayers were recorded. And Jesse happened to read the one that I was just thinking about this morning when I thought of Joan and she said that, that Jesus prayed 2,000 years ago and it was written about his desire was that we would be one, not like my prayer is that they would prophesy really super well. My prayer is that like even Paul, when you, Paul, Paul, wherever. Paul, hey! Oh, there you are. I'm like, whoa, zing. Um, like when you, when you again read that scripture, it's like, if I can prophesy, well, here we, we do value prophecy, no question. There's something about we want the word of God to come out, but if you don't have love in that, it, it's nothing. It doesn't last. And God, we're hearing the Lord about shaking what can be shaken, and I feel like some of those things, love can't be shaken. It stays. It remains. So that's an amazing. If that wasn't your experience with the ladies, I just pray God just continues to, like, that's why we were challenged with it again today. There's deeper to go. It's just like, oh, we've arrived. We are unified. We love each other. No, we're going to keep going after this, and it's going to be tested, and then we'll go after it again. It can be tested. It will go after it again because the prayer of Jesus is starting to be fulfilled. And can you imagine and then your joy comes. You know, people around here go, we haven't had a lot of joy around here. But you know what? As unity comes, joy comes. Unity comes, joy comes. That's the one he says, joy being fulfilled will come when unity comes. And when we become one, as he and the Father are one. So there's, there's joy coming. I'm looking forward to that joy, that corporate joy. So Megan has, a, has another story um so i think the biggest thing for me at the ladies retreat well i guess even before that um i've been really struggling with being brave and not being a being afraid of um being myself and just getting outside of my boundaries and so i'd have experienced a couple times throughout the year prior to the ladies retreat like bravery and i'd have it for a couple days and then it would disappear and bravery and then it would disappear and i was just getting really frustrated and i just felt like i wasn't going to be the woman of God that I want, that I wanted to be, and that God wanted me to be, and the wife for Matt, and like, just a leader for the girls at youth, and so I was really struggling with that, and at the retreat on Saturday morning, Di had said, or had asked us the question, what, what are we sharing our beds with, like, is it something of God, or is it something of the enemy, and so this was during worship, and I was down on my knees, just worshiping, and I closed my eyes, and all I saw was my bed and this like black mass that was sitting in it and as I continued to worship it started to slowly like get out of the bed and it was like okay I don't want this anymore I don't know what this is right now but I don't I don't want it and so we kept going and then 
all of a sudden the like sticks were being handed out to smash them on the ground and I was like I don't typically take part in this but it got handed to me so I was like okay I'm gonna do this I'm down on my knees and I I thought I was gonna break a stick because I was hitting it hard and um, with my eyes closed all of a sudden I saw just like this wall this there was a wall and there was like six angels against the wall just banging their hands against the wall um, and every time they banged like this thing just disappeared like it started to disappear and disappear and disappear and God showed me that that was fear that that was this fear that I've had over me and this fear that's been a stronghold over me for like all of my life um, and he showed me also that it is something I've been seeing in my day-to-day -day life I would be driving to and from work and out of the, my peripheral vision I would always see this black mass and I kind of just thought it was my peripheral vision and something that I'm not catching but he showed me that it was this fear that was lingering over my life um, and so in past experiences, things have happened at retreats and then I'm like back to normal a couple days later, but it's been two weeks and I'm like not afraid of anything. Like I have no fear. <laughs> Matt and I will talk about things and it's like, he'll be like, aren't you afraid? I'm like, no, like I know God's got this and I don't actually feel any fear anymore and I will do things just because God's telling me to do them now and I will listen and I will not hold back from doing it because I'm scared and I will be open with the girls at youth because I'm like, whatever, God has a plan for this, so he's going to use it. Um, so, yeah, so that was my weekend. not that awesome? Oh, so good. Like, that's deliverance, right? That's deliverance. That's deliverance. And just during worship and just the willingness to step in, and which the ladies downstairs apparently weren't thrilled about our stick banging on the floor, but that's okay, you know what? We had to press through for that. That was worth it. So just seeing that God is really doing amazing work in making us whole. And even th that will change her whole world. And the ones she disciples and the ones she's, now she has a faith for that, that God, like in a woman, God can actually get fear out of me. It's, it's such a friend for us as women. We fear, unfortunately, is a companion for many of us. And she now has faith and authority to pray for others and just to continue to stand in that amazing place. So that is amazing, exciting. So bless you. There were some more ladies that were going to share, but I think we're um, good. And we'll give it back to you. Uh, is it good when he speaks? <laughs> now, I want to say this. is that I just kind of brought up the verse about love and not being shaken. And so if we actually have that love, we will not be shaken. But in an area that you are being shaken in, what does that mean? And so right now, I even feel over myself there's a shaking going on in me because I'll, just, I'll level with you. It's not easy or fun to deliver words that I just did. It isn't something that I take joy in. You hearing this? But that just means that God is trying to still work something out. Why? And so the Lord is, is doing a great and deep work in this, in this church even. Let's not even go outside of the walls here. Let's just stay right in here. Because he has to put his fingers on stuff. He really does. If we really want to see kind of what the women are experiencing. I mean, we've had encounters like that. We, we know what is possible. But if we really want to go to the place that we believe we can, he needs to put his fingers on things. Amen? I don't want you to leave without allowing the Lord to touch something. That's what I want. And I know he's probably touched a few things this morning, but, but uh, there's faith that comes when we gather together. There's faith that actually comes. It actually rises up. You know, you, you stand closer and closer to people. There's a reason that, that I like like standing in this area over here because um, there's a few guys that I can hear. And when I stand near them, my faith is increased. Like I hear someone like singing and I'm like, oh, they're really singing something awesome. I want to join with that. And that's why we encourage you to sit closer to the front, really. Because there's something about being in proximity with one another. There's something actually about being close to, to people. And, you know, that goes against that thing in the cave because if you live in a cave, you're not near anyone. You're isolating yourself. And, you know, God comes and speaks in the still small voice in that place. But wouldn't you love if he could speak to you at any given moment? 
at any given time through any source around you. The only way you can have that is by, by being in proximity to one another. And now there's things like, well, I'm an introvert. Okay, well, all right. Uh, but there's steps we can take to actually allow more light in. I know because I'm actually introverted, believe it or not. Like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> the Spirit allows me to do something different. My wife can attest, I run to the cave quite frequently. The reason I include so many people in what I do is because I know what I'm like. So I'm saying it's possible to break out. Now, that being said, there's something about gathering together and, and allowing God to touch something in our hearts. And so this morning, um, I know Paul had some of the, there was the youth and he wanted someone to pray. And so that can happen too. But first off, if you want to respond, if you, if you want to, and I don't want to make this, it's hard to kind of make these calls because, you know, people sometimes will just get up because they feel guilty that other people are getting up, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I also don't want to manipulate anyone into just trying to respond. Okay, do you understand that? It's, it's, it's sometimes difficult to really say something like this, but if you know that God is trying to put his finger on something in you and it hasn't quite worked out yet, don't leave. Don't leave. Allow him to work that out first. Or at least reveal what that thing is. And so to do that, we're just going to take a few minutes. And you can come right up and kind of let this black floor area be the altar. Be the altar of like, God, I, I just want to lay this on here. And allow him to, to take a few minutes with you individually to put his finger on that thing. So if that's you, just come up. Now, I'm gonna keep talking for a couple minutes. Now, if you have to go, be blessed, and you can go. <laughs> we love you, we, we uh, I genuinely love you. Even I don't know you that well. Even if you think I don't love you, I do. Maybe we just need to get to know each other more. Because I can look around every single person in this room. And I could tell you something that God cherishes about you. I really could. I know I could. And so if God can cherish something in you, well, I better be able to. So if you have to leave, be blessed and do so, knowing that God cherishes something in you. That being said, for everyone else that, want, that uh, is going to stay for a little longer, Give yourself in worship to him right now. Just give yourself for a few minutes. Allow your heart to be swept into this just for a couple minutes.